I'm finna put all this in my book bag, cause I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and welcome to another episode of the MYFB Podcast. And today with me, I have the mindset coach of mindset coaches. I'm telling you, she's mentored myself. She's a mentor within a premium coaching program, uh, has ran just finished running her second uh, Women on a Mission Summit, uh, and is always, always, always focused on her mission Uh what just came out of a 75 day hard challenge of working out twice a day to enter back into a 30 day hard challenge today with me mm. i have miss shay on a mission what's going on shay what's up what's up what's up thank you for the intro thank you for the intro no of course of course so talk to us a little bit about what you do and what is it that you actually help people with all right, so I'm a mental fitness coach. That's basically mindset training. I help startup and driven entrepreneurs get to the mindset that they can have a winner's mindset and, you know, incorporate that to have cash flow. Um, you know, uh, definitely uh, Mr. Ambition gave a great intro about me and stuff like that. I love speaking. Um, I just got finished speaking at two schools in the past six weeks. Um, I cur- I don't wait for opportunities. I create opportunities. So I create just like how he did mention, I did create my summit. Um, I did get finished doing a 75 hour challenge. Um, and that challenge was overall very, very intense. Um, I did try to do the 30 on the next phase, but uh, life got the best of me and I felt like um 75 hard phase one um just in line with what i got going on in life right now so i i've purposely failed myself um and stuff like that in that thing but i don't see it as a failure i see that it just was an alignment and i'm not going to force something that just doesn't resonate with what's going on in my life right now no that's real talk i i i you know what i'm glad that you you take that approach as well because you know seeing you go 75 days hard and then listening to you say you know what 30 days is not where it is right now. A lot of people may be listening and they hear a lot of people telling them, go hard, go hard, go hard. They're not hearing people tell them when they take the rest. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think that the whole fact of the matter is like, it was more intense with the work that I had to do. And I just basically made it. I just recently, it's going almost three, four weeks. I haven't, I mean, three, four weeks going in now and I decided to go full time and own it, owning my own time. So whether I'm doing lift on the side, whether I'm doing my coaching business on the side, doing my motivational speech, I own my time every single day um, and stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, I still get to schedule podcast recorders like we're doing right now and stuff like that. But overall, I made a decision to own my own time. Right. So um, that time it has to be adjusted to what matters right now. I got to make sure that there's a roof over my head. You know, I think that sometimes when people jump into entrepreneur space, they think that, oh, well, you got to go all in and ignore your bills and let them pile up. Nah, <laughs> some investments getting postponed right now because I'm making sure my house comes first right now. And it's, it's, it's no pun intended. Like literally, like you either the, put it this way. A person that wants your business, they're going to be okay and they're going to be accepted with it. They're going to be understanding, especially, you know, when somebody that, that doesn't want to pay you is somebody that does want to pay you. I told right. my investments already. I'm like, yo, you ain't getting a payment till next week. So don't be calling me all week because that's what it is and stuff. Like that. And that's the real and everything. You know, one of my, my current coach said it best. He said, my livelihood and my house comes first. And ever since coming in, that's one of the things that I did not do. And it ran into problems when I first took my leap of faith back in 2017. I'm learning from previous times. What's coming first? What bills need to get paid first? Okay, mm. this bill's gonna have to wait. 
that bill gonna have to wait. Oh, this bill gonna get paid now and stuff like that. And you know, no, I'm nowhere near there. And people are like, oh well, you know, the rule of entrepreneurship is to leave once you have three to six months. That's good. If you got it, if you got it like that, then leave after three to six months, you know. But you know, me coming into my one year of being in my three bedroom apartment, um, one of the things that I learned was you know, I didn't need that much to actually move out. I stayed in the room house for five years because I had this misallocation. I needed $5,000 just mm-hmm. to move out when I technically only needed about 2K and I just needed to find the right landlord that would set me whether they accepted my credit score or they didn't set my credit score. I was fortunate enough they didn't accept my credit score mm-hmm. and I was able to get into a, a three bedroom that most people would not, would not got into. So um, it's been nothing but a blessing and I've been staying on top of it you know, and stuff like that. And that's always been a priority. So people, um, you know, got to prioritize, you got to prioritize when you're trying to really go this full-time entrepreneur life. And it's okay if you have to go back in the workforce. But my goal is this second time around, second leave faith is not to go back. I, I love the fact that you say this is your second time going full-time entrepreneur. I know, you know, for me, this seven months has been my first time going full-time. Um, and, you know, I do look at it as if I could do it again, I'm probably not going to do it again. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Um, I know if I, I, it wouldn't be necessary for me to have a job for long if I did get a job. That's the honest truth. But um, the the fact that you were willing to go back and get a job, I think that speaks to something, right? And a lot of people, I believe, are traumatized from the workforce and they don't work on healing themselves whether they mm-hmm. jump into entrepreneurship or they stay at home but they don't they don't jump into healing the relationship that they've developed with money that they've developed with their survival and all of those things mm-hmm. and i believe that's personally what prevents a lot of people from taking that jump and saying i'm going to go full-time entrepreneur and then going oh i can't go back to a job i absolutely can't go back to a job and then purposefully suffering for no reason right mm-hmm. um I, I think that's uh it's great that you put it into frame that way where look in a healthy mindset you take care of what needs to be taken care of. Right. Well, the first time I took a look at faith, it was emotional. This the second time wasn't lo- this second time wasn't it was logical. So that's the big difference between the two. The first time when I took the leap of faith, it had to do with um man, I need a break. I end up going back to the job <laughs> that I end up needed a break from. It was with FedEx and. I just need a break. I just basically put my two weeks in, finish out my two weeks. I came back from vacation. I came back from vacation. Then I put my two weeks in and then I left mm. and stuff like that. And it is like, I, it was very emotional. It wasn't nothing. There was no game plan. I didn't know what I wanted to do far as entrepreneurship. So I definitely know that I'm very, very further along. And it comes with um, a dear friend of mine that recently passed away earlier this year um, from childbirth and stuff like that. She wow. said this best. Rest um, condolences. Yeah. Um, yeah. She went to college with me and everything. And it was really shocking how she passed away. And I remember one of the top things over the past two or three years since I heard her first say this, she said, I'll get any job, but I know my expiration date. So, mm. you know, me knowing the jobs I get in, I'm already mastered getting a job. I've been saying this for a while now. I've mastered getting a job.
Yeah. So, um, like I was saying, like I remember when I was 22, um, and stuff like that. And, um, my, I was 22 and I probably had like 10 jobs that year and stuff like that. I've already mastered getting a job. Now I'm on the next phase of mastering me going into a, a spectrum of not coming back to the workforce. Cause in the first, the first time I took the leap of faith, I never, I didn't have, Oh, well, I'm never going back to workforce. I needed a break from workforce this time. Mm. I have a mindset. I don't want to go back to workforce. Like if I do, it's going to be commission or it's going to be, it's going to be some type of still controlled and it's going to be a meaning behind it and an expiration date behind it. It was never intended on being long term. Like, I mean, I just got, I had a little work from home job that I took over during the winter time for like mm. six or seven weeks. And I'm like, you know what? This guy got to go. I knew I was trying to last it until March. It lasted to the beginning of February. Uh, and stuff like that and it's just a real of like a job comes a dime and doesn't am i saying that um you know beneath a job no i i treat job as just into blessings because if you really look at the spectrum and change it it's a positive thinking because in this in this entrepreneurial world we look at job as just so we're broke yeah but you could look at it just into blessings and it could be onto the blessing of what you want next in life mm. and stuff like that that's the that's the part of the stepping stage of what you're going to take some type of skill i can say from fedex I learned, I learned critical thinking real quick because the simple fact is, you know, I can basically get into a, a detour. I have to detour my route for a car accident or a truck breaks down, whatever the case may be. And I have to detour right, and figure out to finish out in a timely manner or I'm going to be stuck out there all day because I'm done when the last package is done. So I can twiddle around and wait in traffic, but I'm, I'm big. Put, oh, there's a line. Okay, let me go down this street. And make a detour and go you know come back to it later i've done that a lot and that's the same thing in life you know okay this is not going right let me make a detour and come back to that later i'm like writing my book like i mean i'm at a new stalemate in a new challenge with my book my publisher is not working and communicating with me so now i have to revert and plan out different perspectives to finish out publishing my book and stuff like that so it's the whole fact of the matter is oh i can stall and wait play the wait game and wait for them to call me in two or three months or I can just take legal action and finish out the book still. I got the final manuscript. I, it's edited. So I just got to basically continue on proceeding forward. So, you know, a lot of the job, every job that I can honestly say, I've learned something from it hands down in a little aspect. And when people like, I mean, I remember when I went to my speaking engagement last Wednesday, the one kid's like, well, what's the point of going to school? I'm like, you can go to school and utilize those critical skills. A lot of people in mm -hmm. school learn critical skills of just time management. And when you go out into the real world and you jump from high school to just the workforce, you don't learn those critical time management skills and you get lost because you don't know how to adapt. You don't know how to be committed. I had a talk with um, a school. I think they were in Chicago. It was a remote talk. And they were asking, you know, what skills from school did I use as an entrepreneur? I was like, I told them I used all of it because the truth is I, I use... I use my math when I'm doing business, right? If something ain't adding up on Stripe, I'll, I'll bust out that calculus level math real quick. We need to figure this out. What's going on and, with and these that's, numbers? That's smart that you said that because the history, like, and you think about it, we have this model success. So that's the history of who's already success. Oprah, Jeff Bezos, right. Grant Cardone, and Eric also, Thomas, and the list goes on. You know what the other side of history teaches you is that there's these time periods that a lot of these businesses that we're looking at today, they took advantage of. So uh, I, 
I can't even remember the name of it. If you could, if uh, someone wants to look it up, they can. But there's a guy that ended up amassing a fortune because when the Great Depression happened, he bought up all the docks. He bought up all the piers. There was nothing going on. There was no import happening. Once everything opened back up, he owns all the piers. He owns all of the all of the docks, right? He owns all of the boats. So it's also understanding what you need to do in certain periods of history. Uh, shoot, copywriting is a big thing if you're an entrepreneur right now. How are you going to get people to click the link or just open up your email or even want to listen to you, right? Like, So I, I, I tell them all of it. If you're writing, you need to know how to write. Uh, if, if you're lucky enough to have a speech class and they, they having you stand up and speak something, you need to learn how to do that. Um, it, it really kind of has created this space for me where everything is usable, right? Uh, it's just about how, how elastic I'm going to let my mind be. So it's the same thing you say with the job. Uh, I definitely agree with you. I think all of our experiences give us an edge. They give us a little bit of a superpower. It's up to us to right. figure out what that is, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely holistically say I have a big superpower for having been 15 years in logistics. Like, you know, people nice. like... Yeah, go ahead. This is the first time it's ever done this. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I was saying I had a logistics company that I might potentially have a, have some type of, you know, networking or some type of consulting opportunity with them and help them expand because of my logistics um, background and stuff like that. So, you know, it cares to show that just because you was in a domain, in an industry doesn't mean that you can't apply or implement because it might trigger something that you can utilize in that current situation and everything. So that's what I do. No, I, I totally 150,000% agree with you. Um, and it, it really is important that you are adaptable, right? Um, so Let's move on to the next big question. For those people who are looking to make that leap of faith and they don't want to make it an emotional process, what are the steps that they should take before they go out and jump full ass into an entrepreneur journey? First of all, you definitely got to have a have a have a mindset that is mindset that is going to be capable of handling hard times. Uh, you know, right before this uh, actual, you know. Mr. Ambition is my is like my my right hand now and stuff like that and you know sometimes I get some brotherly advice so you need to definitely have your you need to include your support system in it um it is your final decision um don't think about perfectionism you know that whole having it's it'd be great if you can get up to that point having three to four, six months you know um paid off then cool but if you got other storm other resources that you that can equate like I would be able to make the leap and still do my, still do what I do with my business, 
And until my business flourishes, I can still do lift on the side. I'm not no shame in what I do on the side. You know, lift lift can be profitable to certain people, and they, you know, it's just all about how you get go get it. I mean, alone lift, I make between twelve to fifteen hundred a week and stuff like that. So that that honestly makes more than any job that I that I qualify for right now. I I I love the fact that you just kind of you're just real with it because there's a motivational speaker on the market that I know for a fact is clearing pockets we're talking tens of thousands for a keynote right um and for sure i know when he first jumped uh out of the military um he was he was doing all of that he was door dashing and doing whatever he had to do because the hustle was what he was about right and i think that's something that people need to learn how to respect. We need to stop hiding those things, right? Like mm -hmm. we're feeling ashamed of the fact that you're making an honest day's dollar. Like when did it become, <laughs> when did it become like uncool to actually work for money? Like it's the whole, it's the whole fact of the matter is, you know, people have this misconception of entrepreneurship and the journey for, they get the misconception of entrepreneur journey. Mm. And that's what the whole fact of the matter is. You know, Eric Thomas, he was working at Olive Garden. Damon John, he was working at Red Lobster. Uh, Jeff Bezos, McDonald's. If you don't know these individuals, you need to look them up. Jeff Bezos. David Chan, Cheesecake Factory. Exactly. So when you start, when you start looking at their beginning stages, I mean, Grant Cardone, he was a car dealer, you know, and stuff like that. Um... I mean, I need and he was a he was an alcoholic. It's really doing this again. Grant Cardone was an alcoholic. Yeah. And, you know, with me now, I've gotten to, I think that people get to this point of being, being flashy or being cashy, really understanding where the money comes from to get where they need to be at. And that's what the problem is. And in order for us to prosper, we need to really figure out what it, what it, what it takes to get to the cashy moment. You can understand, like, you know, a matter of fact, I was, um, I was listening to, I think his name is MJ, I forget, MJ, he's a, you know. MJ DeMarco. Yeah, I think so. You know, the, the um. Yeah, uh, I have uh, his, the gay, uh, the, gay, the gay insurance guy. Is he gay? I'm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he has a son, his son always, I mean, not son, but his nephew's always around him and stuff like that. But anyways, he said a statement where he used to wear a lot of flashy suits when he first started coming up. And mm -hmm. he stopped doing that. He recently stopped doing that. So I think that everybody needs to start really thinking about not all the flat like me, I wear hoodies, I wear sweatpants. That's my that's my everyday gear and stuff like that. Um, I'm not about um, I'm not about the flashiness. I mean, I mean, literally, I still to this day don't even own a pair of sneakers, married pair of Jordans and stuff like that. Will I probably do it one day if I feel like it, but I'm not a sneakerhead. So, you know, regardless, I don't really feel like I'm ever going to be like a big sneakerhead, regardless when I come up and stuff like that. I probably make my kids maybe if they want to, but I won't be a sneakerhead. I know. I, I totally get that. I think some of the times what we spend money on doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If I know that I can spend $400 and make 800 why would i spend 400 dollars to make my feet look nice you know it it, it starts 
it starts not making sense the more money you make and when you figure out how to make money. And then I, I to be very honest with you, the only reason that I dress the way I dress or I buy nice clothes, period, is for the level of influence, right? I feel like um you the know, only time buying buying really flashy stuff or nice clothes and stuff like that is for like uh it's for engagement. It's for a, a special a special cause, special right. engagement and make, everything. Me just make me the just clothes make out. you money. Right. Exactly. That that's oh, that's that. exactly where I'm at. Um the well I what I was about to say with it as well is it, exactly as you said, make the clothes make you money, but also get to a point where you're wearing your own brand, right? Like mm. that that's where I'm at. Like the shirt that I'm wearing is a mind your fucking business shirt, MYFB podcast, right? Exactly where we're at. Um I think that that's really that I think would be the next wave of flashy to me. If it if yeah. it's if it's your brand, if it's your logo, then yeah, that that means something. Yep. Yep. Most times I'm wearing most times I'm wearing either my, you know, my mission is bigger than me t shirt. I'm wearing um, you know, my hat. Sometimes I wear my mission builder scully cat um scully hat. Um, and stuff like that. So, um, or I wear my passion, my tribe's name, uh, one of my tribe's name is called passion warriors. So I'll mm. wear that t-shirt. So I definitely get that and everything like that. Um, and then sometimes if I don't, I mean, I got so many different hoodies that I supported other people's brands, but I'm, I watch, I'll wear those on like nine days where I'm not trying to market nobody and stuff like that. You know, if I'm out, you know, if I'm out and about and I know I'm gonna be taking pictures or, you know, doing content and stuff like that, I'm wearing my brand. And that's how it honestly should be. You know, you might honestly wear something underneath that's not your brand or whatever. Because to me, that's cool and stuff like that. But you do need to get to a point where I am the foundation of what I am and stuff like that. And you got to you gotta be prideful of that. You know, you can't be caught up in, well, this person's making that and that person's making that. It's unacceptable. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think that um, we, we within the social media generation, we kind of get lost in what we see. And we get lost wanting what other people have, uh, not understanding what they did to get it or what it even means to have it. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I always thought I wanted this luxury car that cost X amount of money. And now I have the type of car that costs that amount of money. And I'm going, I wish I didn't have to spend this amount of money. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really, it, people just got to understand whatever you want, it comes with a certain ask of you it comes with the sacrifice right if you want to be an entrepreneur it's going to be some tough days and some lonely nights right whether you have a partner or not because mm -hmm. the the thought of what are you going to do to make this work tomorrow is one that your partner is not going to be inside of your head trying to figure out with you right whether you got an entire team so i believe that there's a consequence to everything that we want, whether it's good or bad. And so long as you're willing to pay the toll, you'll come out the other side fine. But if you fight it, that's really where we see people get torn up, right? Even for myself, I I feel like I've been tearing myself up by going, oh, these are, there are these things that I don't want to do instead of just doing them and getting the result. Right. There's a lot of stuff that I don't feel like, I mean... I don't like doing, I don't like, I mean, I know how to make content, but I don't feel like doing it. Um, 
you know, I don't, you know, like keeping track of everything, you know, and stuff like that. Like there's just certain things that you just got to adapt to, you know, come in time. And there's a time when you got to put, like I said, like right now, I sometimes have this ton of, like I already told my mentee, I'm a text away, but I'm on grind week. This is grind week for me because I got some precedence things that I need to pay off. Mm. I got some things that needs to be focused on and it's, 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 it's that real and everything. So like me, like, you know, I even, you know, for me basically getting to a point of where I want to do in life and how I want to proceed my business and stuff like that, I even came to the point of, okay, I am falling back from doing my lives, you know, and stuff like that. So Mission Building Lives is on a stalemate right now. And I'm trying to re- 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 redefine where I want to, how I want to do it, whether I want to do it once a week, whether I want to take a break for, for the rest of the quarter, come bring it back, or, you know, like I haven't decided. And that's my prerogative because when in business, you, you know, you got to switch things up. It can't be redundant, you know, name a, name a business where the logo is still the same to this day. They Not change enough. it up some type of way. They change right. up their brand. They change up their menus. They change something, you know, and everything like that. Burger King, Burger King just changed back to the old school version, where it was when back when we was when we was in the nineties, you know, and stuff like that. I when didn't I even cool. know they changed it. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. I mean, it was they. It still looked the same a little bit, like, but it, like I think it was like red, black, but then they changed back to like the bun and then the red and then the white. Mm, so, you know what? You know, I do so, remember them going red and black. It was no, it was red and blue, something like red and blue and stuff like that. So they they mixed it up, and then I think it was like at one point it had BK on it and stuff like that, and that was their symbol and stuff like that. So um, even Walmart, Walmart definitely changed. You remember Walmart back in the day had a smiley face around it and stuff like that. So um, they changed it to the little stars and stuff like that because I guess they didn't want to, you know, like you know who's famous for that? Adidas. Adidas has about four different logo variations, and they've changed a number of times over the years as well. Yeah, and that's that. That's just the facts of life. So, like, you know, like my logo, I just changed Shay and the Mission logo just recently, early this year. It was a different one, and I had that logo for about oh, at least two years and stuff like that. So, it, it comes a point when change is necessary. You know, um, I just my life has changed dramatically in the past year um, and stuff like that. And some people are like, oh, that didn't really let me. I think see it as a year because five years ago, what I was doing was living in a rooming house, you know, and stuff like that. And now I got a three bedroom and stuff like that. Then, you know, this time last year, I was still working FedEx, you know, now I'm not even working at FedEx, you know, and stuff like that. So it really just shows the growth and the changes that happen in life and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't expect to even go leap. I didn't expect, I didn't know, I didn't have a timeline when I wanted to go take my leap of faith. I just knew mm. when the time was right. And it go back to, you got to be logical with um you gotta be logical with the decision making checking with your support system before you make something drastic checking the right support system somebody that's either already took the leap of faith or somebody that understands what you are going through and stuff like that because you know a employee friend is going to tell you nah don't quit your job what you got left up backed up and everything you know person that's employed that's an entrepreneur mind they're going to understand and they're going to let you know hands down like nah i don't think that's a smart move oh yeah that's a smart move like once i broke it down to people and i made sense and i said yo i can make this in one week doing doing this they all said okay let that job go and stuff like that and they made it it all made sense to them and stuff like that and i didn't look about the negative of oh well this can happen and that can happen i can stay in a stuck position forever and ever i'm at the i'm at peace i'm actually able to get get rapidly pay certain things off that probably would have not been able to pay off if i still had this this dead weight on me wow and stuff like that. So it made sense logically, you know, so like sometimes it makes sense to stay, but sometimes if it doesn't have no benefits, it doesn't have no growth, 
you don't see no changes. They making all these different demands and you ready like me, like at the same time, me being able to have the flex, I would if I would like it was a great feeling last week when I got the I saw the message on Facebook from a mutual friend of mine saying, Hey, I need some speakers to come to school. Nice. Well, I, I signed up. I said, I'm coming through. They said, come I, I signed up for that Wednesday. Two days later, I couldn't like, like I, if I, I'm like, logically, I would have had to either call off of work or, or tell my boss, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a longer break and go do this, do this um, speaking engagement or just basically come on. Oh, I got a doctor appointment and then I'll come back and make up the hours. I'm, I was over that and stuff like that. So it was a great feeling where I got to do what I got to do for the whole day. Went to go take care of that. Went to go to speak engagements, got to, you know, connect with the kids and then went on by my business. No, that's real. And and I definitely feel you on that. I think, uh, what was it? It was about, I want to say 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Motivational speaker friend comes out, right? And he knows I've been trying to get into the field for a minute. So he came out and he had a speech at a school over in LA. So he's like, yo, come with me, right? And I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm working. I'm thinking about it. And then I went like, dude, what the, what are you th- what are you talking about? You're working. Stand mm-hmm. up and go tell the tell the dude you leaving. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm grown. What am I doing? Right. <laughs> right? So that's one thing that people have a misapplication when it comes to job. Job don't run you. You run the job. The job uh, yeah. both need each other. And the whole fact of the matter is, some people are scared to tell their job. I'm about to go do it. They don't, you don't, first of all, you don't have to tell them anything that you're going to do outside of work because they don't tell you what you need to do. They don't tell you behind the scenes of if the business is struggling, if the business right. is about to fail, and stuff like that. So. It's a it's a hand in hand thing, and you gotta see what you gotta know what's best for you and stuff like that. Like, I mean, if it's a good paying job, it's doing, it's paying your bills, it's flourishing certain things, keep it. But if it's if it's gonna constantly conflict with what you're trying to do, then you gotta make a judgment call. And that's what I like. Hands down, like towards the end of the job, when I before I resigned from the job, I was already taking days off because you know my summit. I took two days off for the summit. Like literally, I was like, good paying job or no. Like I'm straight up, like I already knew I planned the summit back in January. So PTO or not, I was taking the days off, you know. And then like the week after that, before I when I actually officially resigned, I was gonna take off anyways again and go to the man and um and go to uh out of town boot camp that I went to. So um it is what it is. Like I wasn't I wasn't stressing when it comes to that. I'm like I'll make up the time or I'm just not gonna do it and. What they're gonna do? Just write me up, let me go, and that's the whole thing. Like somebody like, oh, they're gonna let me go. No, you you got the power to proceed for it. I remember when I was having a girl yesterday. I was in my car, and we was talking, and she she basically works like twenty minutes or like like where she could have she could have got a job that was like probably like in a five mile radius, and she got a job in like a 15, 20 minute radius. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's twenty mile radius. I'm like, why? And I, and then she's like, well, I kind of like she was like small thinking. I had to just check her. It wasn't even on an entrepreneur's, but I just had to check her. I'm like, at the end of the day, yeah, you mm-hmm. found a job. Jobs is hard to find and stuff like that. But at the same time, you find something first and then you basically keep on finding something better. You don't just get comfortable and stuff like that. Because at the same time, that job is, there, there's going to be a point in time where you're not going to be around that job. And some people just like, oh, well. And then she was making excuses about, oh, my baby father, he didn't give me no money. When he, that don't like, got you know, nothing to do with the money that you're about to make. That don't got Thank nothing you. to do with the money better. It don't got to nothing to do with nothing, right? Because, and I was going to tell you, like, I don't care whether it's a good job or not, right? I've left, left $600,000 jobs. Yeah, like, I left. Know, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll walk from anything. I don't care how much money you're paying me because fulfillment and purpose is worth everything. And 
sometimes I know, I feel like you gotta have that money in your hand to really understand how much fulfillment is really worth. Cause once you get it and you go, oh, but look at what I'm sacrificing for it. It, it really eats away at you. you. You really start to question what type of person you are, right? And this is, this is for myself, this is what happened, right? I can't speak for anybody else. I, I started to question what type of person I was. I said, am I the per type of person that says that I'm gonna do something and then something comes along and distracts me or am I gonna step out and do this regardless? Now, right. to many people, leaving a $200,000 a year job may be stupid, but I don't care, right? Because to many of the people who say that is stupid, they may never work a $200,000 a year job. It right. doesn't matter. And, uh, so have, have, it's come to, like, I love the fact that you said fulfillment. And that's what the facts of the matter is. Like, is this job really fulfilling you to what you want to do in life? And yes. a lot of people don't have that mindset to understand, does this job give me, is this job going to elevate me or is it going to execute me, basically? <laughs> and That part. I mean, literally, and that's that's literally what it is. Like, it, either is it going to elevate me? Is it is the people that I hang around are they going to elevate me, or are they going to, you know, just keep on executing me, executing my goals, and you know, downgrading and just really like telling me, oh, that's not you need to exile that all it was and just do working nine to five. Like, you know, like it, it's really like you know when people are trying to do something that's different. You know, like I remember like sometimes like me and my, my when I was like a little bit frustrated and I was talking to my best friend the other day and stuff like that. And I was telling her about how, you know, um, yeah, you know, sometimes y'all get invited. Like you like she created a life that she has, you know, she has kids. She's a single mom. She has a kid and she co-parents and stuff like that. And she does what she does. And me, I've created this life where it's like how you said, it gets lonely at times. It gets, I don't really get the, like, I don't get the, I, I, I'll come through to people's birthdays. Like, I mean, I'm a hands down people that have been supporting me. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make a way regardless. Like those, I don't, I don't try and miss those type of moments unless they do something that's out of town, out of budget or whatever. So like I'm gonna make sure I still hit you up and stuff right. like that. Like I did miss my, one of my friends from FedEx that I called like my uncle on his birthday, but you know, he's like the type of person that I'm put pulling a little bit back from because simple fact is he means, well, I know he got my back and stuff like that, but sometimes his just energy is just so negative to me and I just can't be around that or like I, I, I can, that that's the type of person I love from a distance because if you have that aura, that vibe, that makes me like, yo, I can't rock with you like that, then I'm not gonna rock with you like that. I'm gonna check up on you if I'm thinking of you and stuff like that, but that's that, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that that's that's what, I think that's what some people fail to realize. Like, you know, one of, one of the entrepreneur friends that I know, she said it best. She said, when you are trying to grow in life and stuff like that, the people that, when your business is growing and when your life is growing, they're, mm -hmm. they can't come with you. Some people are not gonna be able to come with you. I, I honestly, over the years, it's been it's been heartbreaking a little bit. Like especially last year, I had some heartbreaks. Not even just from a relationship standpoint. I had some people that I had to cut off because they were like I thought they was gonna be my ride or die, and they was still gonna be by my side to this day. Listen, and I had listen. to cut them off. Like literally, I had to cut them off. And listen. I'm like, me, I'm not a. I, I it took me yeah yeah last year toward the end of the year was my first time really being starting to be like a cutoff person now. Um, usually I let them just like disappear and fly away did not nah, the end of the year it started being me like i mean like there was one guy that did I, he did this um he fell off on his own and he you know he didn't he wasn't vibing with me, whatever you know my mentee he had to go he, and at the same time one of the truest things that i could tell when you get in an argument with somebody if they can't keep it to the situation at hand i don't care if they like if i know something about you let's say 
you know, like prime example, I know you're like, you're, you know, you're no longer married and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If I throw it in your face and we're complaining about business inquiry and you throwing it in my face and hitting it a low blow and, or talking about the, whatever other stuff, little stuff that we talk about, that's just like negative. Oh, that's what you really thought about me. Okay. I can't deal with you no more. Right. Like you got, that's when you got to hit them with the training there. You go, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. I put the okay. I put the okay. I put the okay because I'm like, I'm not gonna go back and forth with a little kid, little boy, and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, because he tried to go. Oh, that's why you got daddy issues. That's why you got this. And I'm like, bruh, like really? I could have went. I could have went combative and went back and talked about his moms. And I'm like, nah, I ain't no, it's that. not worth it. It's not. Because it's not you, worth it. You know what's the the craziest part is that uh, people don't understand why people that get into business get very stoic and. What, what seems like they don't get erratic or emotional. A lot of people are calling this, oh, well, you know, let people be human. And then some people, you like, again, a lot of people, my people that are into business, no negativity around them, right? And people wonder, why is that? Mm-hmm. It's like, because you can't make money in that space. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to come and put money in your hand while you're in that space. Mm-hmm. And even if I have a disagreement with you, me and Shay, I'll be very honest with you, Shay. You may this, you may be learning something about me. You could look at me right now and go, "Fuck you," and then I figure out that you got some business going on. I'd be like, "Hey, what's good? Let's talk this mission, right?" And that's been a shift in my mindset. I did episode three about that, where it was, "Are you willing to work with your enemy?" Right? Mm, Got to keep your enemy closer. Listen. Enemies it is honestly, aren't... it is depend. It is, but some people like it just depends on their energy and their vibe. Like, listen, like I remember, like another girl. Um, we was cool. We was cool for like a good six, seven months. We was introduced by my coach at mm-hmm. the time. My coach couldn't coach her, and I was like, all right, cool. We vibed, and then we went on to barter. Like, if anything, I like you learned from your experience and stuff. She was the last person I would really do barter with, because simple fact is one. Once I had another opportunity, she's like, oh well, you're not paying me, but you paying that person, and she got upset, and I'm like. It has nothing to do related to what the work you're doing. So she got upset about that and then she cut off ties. And then kid you not, like three, four months later, she reached mm. out to me and I remember we had a deal, like, okay, you do this for me, you're gonna be one of the people on a woman on a mission platform. Why when I started marketing the woman on the mission saying I need a speaker, blah, 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 she started reaching out to me. I'm like, I'm not answering this phone. <laughs> well, for what? Like, I'm not answering this phone. And it wasn't it wasn't out of spite. This is the whole fact of the matter. I, I was just the people that Either I cut off or they cut me off. I'm leaving them in 2021. Like literally, mm. like I, I'm leaving them in 20. Like especially last year, I like that's so. Like when I, when I, like I mean, like even the situation when I was telling you right before we left, before we started this podcast, I was like, you know, yeah, I had my weakest moments, but I'm like, at the end of the day, I, I basically snapped back into. It. I'm like, yo, that's so 2021. Like literally, like I can go check that person's page on Twitter, and I'm like, but I still like, at the end of the day, like ain't nothing like really special what's going on with that person or whatever case may be. You realize you've been working on moving forward towards your mission. And if you go back to where people was, they in the same spot. So that's what stopped making me feel sad about it. I'm good. I don't need you to come with me. I'm going to just come visit you every now and again. I'll visit you. Right. And that's, that's really how I treat it. We we human, we human. So, I mean, you might have popped up and looked at an ex right quick or looked at an ex partner, like, well done. And you're like, oh, well, you doing the same damn stuff two, three years ago. Ain't changed nothing. It wasn't I'm like, hey, or you downgrade and, you know, lot, you know, like you you driving a rental. Your car is parked in the driveway with no plates on right now. Like, you know, I've seen that, too. Like, 
What what happened? You had five thousand dollars. <laughs> you petty. <laughs> you petty. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, literally, like, you know, like, the, you know what the whole fact of the matter is? Okay, let's talk about mm -hmm. money right quick, because yes, we've all made yes, stupid things and stuff like that. We've blown it. You know, I've had 5000 in the bank before. I've had, you know, I've had, you know, several thousands in the bank before at one time. But we, we but at the same time, because we don't know how to invest it and we don't know how to properly save to invest, we don't, we just wasn't like one of my, one of my new clients, I'm helping her. And she told me recently, like, literally, like, I'm like, yo, where are all your tax money? She's like, oh, I went to the coach and it helped my daughter. I'm like, just like that. It went kind of to investment, but at the same time, you know, like me, I, I have a, like a three split rule. Mm -hmm. Whenever I do, whenever I have big chunks or especially when it comes to big chunks of money, at least to like close to as much as possible a thousand, I split it three ways mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And anything a thousand or higher, I split it three ways. I split it to put a portion of it to my bill put a portion of it to savings and then put a portion of it to investments. Gotcha. That way I don't tap myself out. That's mm. honestly though. That's what the method I have. Some people go all in and just do one, but at the same time, I believe like me being like, I'm going to build up to, because I don't have the three to six months. No, you got to be reasonable. You got to be reasonable. I'm going to build up to the three to six months. That's my, right. that's my goal for a quarter two. Whether I have one month or two months of my bills paid ahead before by, by June 30th, I will have at least one to two months paid ahead for my bills. I, I look at it this way, right? Um, I'll be very honest. I know, you know, we are in the market where we get told that, you know, coaches are an investment, but got to be honest with you. Every, uh, there's, there's a couple of us, right, on this entrepreneur track that has paid probably a couple of coaches and you you realize that, a coach might, space. right, that that, you, <laughs> you, that that wasn't a great investment. You made a bad investment, right? Yeah, so, and, and it depends on, you got to know what your goal is. Like, one of the things I learned moving forward mm -hmm. coach is knowing what the goal is. Like, one, my current coach that I hire, I want him to make sure mm -hmm. that he can set me up to get coaching, to get speaking engagements. Right. You know, and stuff like that. Some coach, like mindset coaches, like, at first I was like, I'm, I'm still anti-mindset coaches, just basically, okay, I'm going to basically help you from poor and limited belief, poor mindset to limited beliefs and get you to growth mindset. And that's it. I believe that there got to be a middle ground. Okay. You get them to like the middle part. You can get them to the middle of the program by that point. And then mm -hmm. you got to get them to the point of investing. So there's technically should be when it, from a mindset coach, in my opinion, they should be, they should be a little bit of a business standpoint. That's why I say I'm a mental fitness coach because I've, I train your, I train your mindset to eventually be business mindset. That's the overall, like, you know, in it, I work exclusively more with entrepreneurs. I'm not picking just anybody that's like, oh, well, I just want to get my mindset right. Okay, cool. I, I probably can take a consultation call with you. We can have a one-on-one. -on -one. I am working on pick my brain type of sessions and stuff like that. You just pay a one-time shot and stuff like that. But overall, like, I'm at an end of process. Like, if you're not trying to get more than one stream of income, mm -hmm. let's solidify getting that one stream of income and then let's, let's start diversifying into more. And this is where I'm going with that. You gotta, you have to look at the coach, right? And not just what they've accomplished, because pe some people can't help you accomplish what they've accomplished, right? You gotta understand if somebody has a program around something and you have an X factor, like you have a different product, a different service, you gotta understand your market, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are, we're putting too much po power in the hands of other people and saying this person's supposed to get me to point B. 
right? They're supposed but to help you get to point B. Right. And, but they're yeah. also, you got to look at what the program offers too, because mm-hmm. done, DIY, do it yourself and done for you is two completely things that's offered in a program. And if, if, if a coach only offers DIY, I, I'm, I'm from my experience of investing and really taking the entrepreneur start taking the entrepreneur journey seriously in 2017. And now mm-hmm. I've came to the point where, um, if you don't offer some type of DFY in your program, I won't accept your program. That's I real. won't, I won't do a self-help program. I won't do a self-help program no more. I've got enough of them. And some of them also for the coaches, them. right? For the coaches out there, you need to understand you shouldn't be talking about DFY for low prices as well. Right? Like, mm-hmm. because there's, I, I think we also have to retrain the market to understand like, People, if you're a beginner, don't come to me for DFY services. I can't talk to you about building your website and you have no copy, right? Just because I also write copy, those are two different services. This is expensive, right? So, And if you're willing have, to pay it, if you're willing to pay yeah. it, but the whole thing is you got to know how to negotiate. And I think that's when people don't know how to do sales. Like you can you can make a way. There's coaches that if you follow, like my coach, current coach, I made a superb negotiation mm. with him. I didn't have the full 1500 but I made a, I, I counteracted it. And he accepted it, you know, and stuff like that. And it wasn't the whole fact of the matter is it was one because I basically built a relationship with him. If I was just a random newbie and said, hey, I don't got this in full, but I'll do this, this, this. What you, you not? So you built a relationship with that person. First. I'd rather that person than some of the people I get, man. I, I'm t- <laughs> when I'm telling you, I, I get people that are like, oh, well, you know, I don't got nothing right now, but I'm trying to build something. And it's like, well build it off of the free information because but this is what you this is uh, this is what i come back to when i told you like what one i've stalled my investment right now and it's because of a good reason because my home comes mm-hmm. first and you know a difference when somebody's definitely going to still pay you and you on the top of their head compared to somebody that just needs uh just that somebody somebody just needs a break and then they just really mm. are you know they just really need that that um space and stuff like that, or they need to basically clear up some stuff. Like me, I'm communication. Any any investment that I'm 100% committed to paying, I'm gonna tell them like, yo, this is what it is. I'm not playing a stall game. I I, I stall my collectors before I stall my investments. <laughs> and that's the real, you, you can call me, text me, say, hey, I wanna do business with you. Hey, you owe this money. I am stalling you over my investments that I feel that's important. That's gonna help me elevate to eventually pay you back, pay the collectors. That's so my real. investments, the investments always come 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 a higher priority over collections because at the end of the day, you know, I think that so many people get caught up like, oh, I gotta have my credit perfect, I gotta have this perfect, and they never get started or they never they never start mm-hmm. that business because they don't know what to do. Like you, there, there's every mistake. Every entrepreneur has made some type of mistake and they got stories for days. They got more failure stories over success stories. That that is true. That is very true. And I will say this. I will say this. If you are in the very beginning stages, right? And maybe you've had one or two failures. Look for a DIY space that actually teaches you something, right? Um, Take the DIY space if you're in the very beginning stages. Once you know that you got a solid business, then step in with the group coaching or done with you or uh, DFY. And the I reason I recommend straight one on one and see what the what the coach is offering. And yeah, no, nah, I don't do one on ones. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> no. Nah. Well, it depends. It depends uh. on what the what the offer with the coach. I don't group. It is because of, I mean I've done group and it mm-hmm. just doesn't doesn't you know one on one I'm getting direct access to that person that's making what that is I'm as a that. very beginner I, I that that's what I'm saying like if you're if you're just starting out a, a brand new beginner well, I'm talking like, about when you I'm talking about when you said once the business is built and oh, structured 
Oh no! Once you, your business is is built, I I don't even suggest one on ones. You, you, it's not. I don't consider it a one on one. You should be hiring a consultant. Like so, for example, if you hire me, you're not hiring a coach. You're hiring a consultant, and I'm operating within your business. I'm not right. dealing with you, right? I'm right. dealing with your processes and your well, systems. Well, there's two into the consultant perspective from a coaching perspective. A coaching perspective is teaching you on things that you're lacking in your business, compared to and they're telling you mm. to work on your business. A consultant is doing the operation, and you're you're meeting up with them and saying, "Hey, these are the changes." So that's like a website co co, co copywriter. All right. So um, then, question. Yeah. And here, here, do you think that people are going for coaching services when they really need consulting services? I think that consulting is necessary. And yeah, you, you when you really know, and your business is definitely functioning. But if your business is not, if your business is not making enough sales, it needs to be coaching. If your right. business is, if your if your business needs help in the operation standpoint, then that's when you go to a consultant. So it depends on where your business stands and stuff like that. You need to push, honestly, the sales so you can afford a consultant. Well, I mean, so even if it is sales, let's say your business isn't making enough sales, but part of the problem is your um, your website you, you, or something like that, or um, sales copy even. You can, a copywriter. Right. I hire, honestly, I hire a lot. I outsource a lot because I allocate my time. True story, when I did 75 Hard, I had a lot of my groceries shipped to me. Mind you, I was working from home. Right. I could have... And stuff like that. And people think, think some people think that when you have stuff delivered to you, it's lazy. No, it's I not. don't. I don't. One, I got out of that habit when I was working at FedEx because I understood. One, I did. I, it got a, it got annoying when people was ordering stuff that was like heavier than me and was ridiculous <laughs> taller, was heavier than me, taller than me. Like literally, I got a picture. If you look at, if you scroll through one of my, my Facebook, I literally was laying on one of the boxes. It was like a couch set and stuff like that. So, um, those type of packages I got irked me, but you know, packages like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I did FedEx too. So, I mean, I did, I ship stuff through FedEx all the time too. So it, it's the whole fact of the matter is I learned the fact that anything that's going to allocate my time and save me, like I literally, when I was in the final stages to write my book, mm -hmm. I literally had my groceries delivered to me and I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> well, I, whenever I, I'm a, I'm a, sm I'm a, I'm a small eater, so I'll order it all in package and then gotcha. I'll be eating it and stuff like that. But long story short, I did that all and then I was able to complete writing my editing my book within like five hours and I didn't have to leave my house at all because you know you gotta you know, one, I live in Buffalo. So if y'all know about Buffalo, New York, we get snow. So I gotta dust I gotta heat up my car, dust off the snow. And right. you from Brooklyn, so you know that all about that life. Yeah, I'm not with like, it. I'm not yeah, with it. <laughs> But, but you understand, like, you had, yeah. like, during that time when I was editing my book, I would have to do all that. What That's, like, what, a good, and then I had to shovel, like, my my um landlord had. And like I was saying, and outsource if you need to, so that you can work on your business more. Anything that you that's gonna save you time to s storage your business, do so. 
do so so you can work more in your business and everything like that like yeah yes there i mean people i can't stand when persons call them solopreneur because i like the day when you have to go to office max the day when you have to ship something out of fedex the day when you have to um you know you have to do something that you can't do physically yourself that's when you no longer are a solopreneur and you and at the same time solopreneur like Solopreneurs don't last that long because in a day you need to have a team if you feel like you're gonna want to do your business. It, it business right. long term. You gotta basically want to fire yourself. You know that's what I'm really learning, and that's what I'm positioning myself in every aspect of any part that any business idea that I have. I have yeah. an idea, I learn how to do it, and then I'm gonna outsource and have somebody take it over, and I just monitor it like Grant Cardone. I already know Grant. One of the top things that I know on Grant Cardone's first beginning of the day, he mm. he asks for his financial statement every single day so he can look through the numbers and then he can proceed his day and everything like that that's what he does every single day monday sunday through saturday every single day where i look at oh what i'm looking at and that's that's what that's what the real is and that's what i would do like when you really get to that point where you have a multiple strength of income you know the whole thing is my my coaching and my my coaching and my speaking will be always my top dominant business but the other businesses that i envision to have like vendor vendors vending machine airbnb Amazon, whatever the other products, real estate and stuff like that, those will be, those will, those will be tagged with a management assistant mm. and stuff like that and everything like that. And, you know, the coaching will still be virtual assistant, but the whole fact of the matter is I will be able the whole, you know, like the one book that I read, I actually know the author, his name is Tony Watley. He wrote a, wrote the book side, side hustle millionaires. And he says in his book and he, and he's spoken about it whenever we done podcasts and he's one of the first individuals that in the man on the mission summit, he said that you gotta, you gotta basically, you gotta basically be able to put position your business to basically sell. Mm. So like, I know some people that's right now from the coaching space, they're selling off their business and you get to take their clientele. You could take their groups coaching their whole fact. They got their whole platform and stuff like that. And you can, purchase it for xyz amount of money and they want to be out that's if i want to do that i'll get myself in a position to do that right now that's not my space right now but that's the goal wait you mean that actually that they have their entire setup they sell in the entire the the business not the structure not the system they're selling the business they're selling everything the system and the business get the hell they out wanna, of it they want to be doing email that, list honestly, that's huh? Email list too? Everything. Look, Everything. put me in some contacts. I gotta boost my email list to ten thousand this year. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, people they... are doing that. People are that. That's honestly the way to do it. Like if somebody like I mean, like when people are trying to get rid of their real estate. Nah, that's real. When they're trying to sell a real estate company, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. That's real. That's real. All right. So we're now at the point in the podcast where we would do story for a story. So story for a story is a segment that we do where you share a story with me and I share a story back with you, right? So here's the thing. This could be any type of story. This could be a wild story. This could be a crazy story. We know it's Shay, so we're not going to get no crazy wild sex story, guys. That's... <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't feel like I would get that from you. That's just I'm me being. I'm not gonna put that. I'm not. Exactly. I'm a conservative type. I'm definitely the conservative. Right. Type. Exactly. So I'm just letting everybody else know, right? So that's the section that we're in. You give me a story. I'll give you a story.
Wouldn't you know it froze again? There we go. So that's story for a story. Basically, you share something wild with me. I share something. Uh, I share a story back with you. you ready? All right. So I got to. I got to go first. Or you go first. You go first. Story time. Um. Nah, you might have to go first. I gotta still think. I gotta think. I gotta think. You, man, could have given right, me a problem. No problem. Yeah. I don't give nobody heads up. <laughs> I didn't know this segment though. I didn't know this segment. Like the only okay. people that got head heads up are people that like really went in and they researched, right? If you catch the I first wasn't a research, I just said if I known like stories, I would definitely I mean I should I should be experienced with this and just I'm like a little blocked right now with stories I will I mean, because I don't know if I want to go relationship wise or her I wanna go. Um Okay, boom. Since we know man on a mission, I'll go there. I uh, stuff like that. How the man on a mission summit came about. So the guy I was talking to about two and a half, three years ago, helped him move up here from Texas, got him a whole fresh start and everything like that. We had a debate. I just I got finished with Woman on a Mission Summit. No, actually, I didn't do the Woman on a Mission. The Man on a Mission Summit was the first summit I actually did. Mm. So long story short um we had a big he, he has this big sexism thing that he says well women this and women that and men don't get recognized i'm like you know what bet i'm gonna prove it i'm gonna prove you wrong and i'm gonna do i'm gonna come up with a whole cast and get a get a cast of men of all different variables to, and we're gonna uplift and put men in a different perspective and um basically show how good men are shout out to it. that brother that reverse psychology you to get us a platform thank you brother yeah, so he's no longer in existence. I really thought he was going to be uh, the one um, and stuff like that, but his immature ways. And he walked away from, uh, you know, he said I wasn't his type, which he, I mean, he said that numerous times, but he gave it a try. And long story short, he still wasn't vibing with it. Moved on. And then literally, I kid you not, six months later, last November, right on my birthday, he tried to reach out to me and move in with me. Um, but uh, long story short, the Man in the Mission Summit. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I, you you bring up the pettiness in me a little bit, but um, why why are you blaming me for this? <laughs> but long story short, the Man in the Mission came out to be inspired for men to show a different because women. Well, I mean, I always do hear women from me and him always having debates like women always saying men ain't this and men are like all right I'm gonna get some good, good quality men that's doing things around the world and um last year I didn't do it not because we wasn't broken up just because of just life like I was getting things situated in my apartment so I was all, all right. in my apartment and stuff like that so I just shut things down this year will be happening and I need to send out those emails so Mr. Ambition should be one of them and stuff like that but that's how the man in the mission came about and stuff like that. It is basically a show showcase a woman leading men into stating that y'all doing a damn thing. Y'all need to be recognized. So that's the story of the man in the mission. Okay. So I have a very similar story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to say a couple years back when the first one we did was in 2016 or 2017, right? Mm -hmm. I can't remember whether it's 2016 or 2017, but we were, I was uh, real heavy into martial arts, and one of my teachers, I kept telling him, hey, I want to put on a seminar, I want to put on a seminar. So he said to me, he turned to me, and goes, all right, look, 
go ahead, put together your seminar. He came back to me. He goes, I think we should do a seminar for women. And I said, huh? Right? Because now, no disrespect, ladies. I was imagining that I was going to get to put together this cool martial arts seminar where I could be my little martial arts nerd ass self. Right? No. No, that's not what I got to do. Right? I didn't get to geek out and learn with a whole bunch of people. I still got to geek out. It was still a pretty dope time. Uh, but instead, what we ended up doing was something much more impactful. Uh, we created something called Women's Warrior Weekend. Right? Mm. So we put together, it wasn't just the martial arts. It was a three-day It was a three day weekend where we brought people out. We had presentations the first night in terms of, defending yourself uh a lot of the martial artists that i have around me had concepts on self-love and the killer instinct and protecting oneself being synonymous with loving oneself mm -hmm. um the second day came around we had you know self-defense training we had firearm training out in uh burdu canyon if you're out in california there's a uh, open range where it's one of those mountain ranges where you don't actually need there's no instructor. There's no guidance, right? You just fire off into the range. So we took them out there, uh, and that was pretty cool, right? And, of course, we had safety. Myself being a former, or not former, uh, prior U.S. Marine, right? Uh, once Marine, always Marine. But then we also had some other shooters out there with me. So I got supported by my brothers, and we put on this dope-ass event. I had one brother doing Tai Chi. Another sister came through and did yoga. We did hikes, and they was doing herbalism. All of this within one weekend, right? Uh, the last one we did was 2019. And I think the ladies, the where I left it off in 2019 was I was trying to hand it over to uh, a woman that had this pretty much within her mission. Uh, because I feel like, you know, it's cool to get things started, but everything shouldn't rest on me, as you said earlier, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it wasn't something I was trying to profit from, but it did become something really cool where it was kind of like you shouting out how men was, uh, men are actually doing something. This was, you know, men coming together and teaching women how they can protect themselves and participate within their protection. So we did mm. that and we did about three or four of them. So mm. it was pretty legit. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to do the Mr. Train story. So, um, I mentioned oh, earlier, doing, we doubling up. Oh, you want, yeah, yeah, right, cool, yeah. Cool, cool. I think Deuce, Deuce is 2022. So we might as well double up. up. Let's double up. All right. Um, I missed the train two weeks ago. I went to the, um, I went to Staten Island for a business boot camp and I had all my stuff with me. I was early to the train station and everything. I was so excited. I was talking to my mentee. She was on board with some stuff. I was talking about my new coach. Things just felt good. I was like, you know, that was my first full week of being, you know, done with my full-time job and everything. Man, I messed I left my book bag in the, car, in the car. So by the time I realized it, everybody was boarding the train. I was like, oh, crap. Dirt. At first, I thought I left it in the bathroom. Nope. Had a, went to go chase my car. Doom, doom train drove off so indirectly i had to do just well, lucky thing the boot camp wasn't far from me it wasn't like a plane or anything like that it was literally um it was six hours away so i basically got my reimbursement and had to drive and stuff like that and nice. you know the, the whole fact of the matter is this is the story of 
you gotta you got, if you really want something as bad as you can breathe you got to go out and get it and you know that's that's literally uh, there was nothing stopping me from being at that at that at that at that um event and it worked itself out that it wasn't like it was three days away um and stuff like that or you know like driving distance and stuff like that so it was only six hours away so it was very and i got there three i got there three hours earlier than the train did and stuff like that and then on my way back i was able to go to waffle house i don't know if people know about waffle house like that like waffle house is big in the big yeah it don't have it we don't have it in buffalo so i found it in like a northern spot coming on the way back and like oh i had to make a detour in pennsylvania yeah i found a spot in pa Get out. PA. Yeah. Like, First Waffle P- House I seen was in North Carolina, man. Nah, there's one, like, there's the, the one we really know about, everybody knows about, is in um, Ohio, it's in Cleveland. Mm. So, I um, mean, stuff like that. So, we, but nah, I'm like, this one, this one actually closer. It's like two and a half, three hours away from Buffalo. So, so you missed yeah. a train and found a Waffle House? Yeah, we might have found a Waffle House coming back. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, this one is going to let y'all know why I. I prefer to be an adult speaker because these are how my stories go, right? So this was right after my father passed away. I'm home on emergency leave, right? Uh, and my best friend is the only person that's rocking. Like, I'm going everywhere with him. So this is my first time back in Brooklyn, and we now adults. Like, so we now young men. I think I'm like, my father passed away in 2011, so I'm 20, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 20. I got money in my pocket because, you know, I'm a Marina. I came over with some cash, right? And, you know, it's, it's not a happy moment, but, you know, this is the first time I saw my friend in years, so he, he kept me lively. He kept my spirits up. So he said, hey, man, we, we was just walking back and forth, right? Two, two separate events happened. So we walking, we're heading down Utica, right? And cops pull up on us on the corner and go, hey, where y'all coming from? Y'all look like suspects. I'm like, yo, I went off, right? I went off. He trying to hold me back. He's like, yo, those cops, you go get us locked up. I was like, how the fuck I look like somebody? I just got here, right? And I'm going off because, you know, my emotion with that. Yeah. I'm like, I just fucking got here. I'm in the military. So they was like, look, let me see ID. And then I also knew military ID gets you out of everything. Okay. <laughs> get you out of everything <laughs> so i got the curse out some cops they like all right go ahead go right so he said you know what bro let's go to the strip club i'm like bro where's the strip club in brooklyn like what strip club is in brooklyn he's like nah it's one out in queens i was like you go to it he's like nah i usually you know he i use doing some work over there so i know what's over there so we go out over there could you not we go to the strip club this is the worst hole in the wall strip club like this three three solid women there right everybody else like i'm pretty sure i saw a gunshot wound in the ass cheek i'm 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 damn sure it was that type of vibe right so night goes on we meet up with two of the girls i say you know what next day i'm going shopping right so they come over to us with us to soho and we said all right we're going shopping i bought a pair of Pradas, and you know one of the girls was with me one of the girls was with him we say all right look we got a 20-year-old men, what do you think we're trying to... We, we all close the deal this night, right? So we go to a liquor store. I don't know if you remember Ed Hardy, the shirts. We went in there, mm-hmm. and Ed Hardy had vodka. I didn't know Ed Hardy had vodka. I was like, yo, Ed Hardy got vodka. We bought it. We went to this hotel, and, you know, he's... You know, he. I think he left the room with his girl. Uh, me and my girl is in the room, whatever happened. I'm drunk off this Ed Hardy vodka, 
I wake up, my plane is supposed to leave the next morning because we already did my father's memorial and all of that. Uh, I miss my flight. Mm. Right? So hear me on the phone with my corporal now. I'm like, yeah, uh, we was late getting into the to the airport. There was a car accident. We had got in a car accident, so I couldn't get there. I'm going to miss the flight. He said, oh, you know, no problem. Da, da, da. Just, you know, get on your next flight coming in. Be safe. I, listen. Once he said that, <laughs> once he said that, I was like, all right, cool. Round two. I'm flying out tomorrow. Did the same thing the next night. I didn't miss the flight the next morning, though. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That was dope. That was dope. So, yo, I like the story, story segment. Yo, yo, that, that definitely suits yours, suits yours well and stuff like that. So, love it. Love it. Nah, so, uh, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? What is the last thing you would leave them with? And how can uh-huh. they get a hold of you? Ah, uh, first and foremost, it's easy sharing a mission across the board. Um, I'm converting back to my real name on Facebook more. So you can follow me more on Sheree Walker on Facebook because just, you know, indirectly how Facebook is set up that the business page is only good for Facebook ads. They mm-hmm. ain't really that, they ain't really that used for, for anything else. So getting back a little bit personal. So follow me on Sheree Walker. Maybe I'll somehow type away change it to I don't know. But either way, um, you know, Shana, Sharia Walker for Facebook and LinkedIn, and then Shana Mission on everything else, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, and uh, yeah, I don't have Snap and stuff like that. Um, I just want you to basically, everybody walk away with knowing that if you want, if you want better, go out and get better. You either have the choice in life to stay stuck or unstuck. The choice is yours. And you know, leap of faith is uh, can be a beautiful thing. It can be a scary thing. But if you really need to really take the next level of wanting to take a leap of faith, holla at me. And I definitely um, have experience with it. It's not going to be an easy road. But if you really want to go full time as an entrepreneur, I can definitely assist you with that. And just DM me on Instagram. I'm always on my D- I follow my DMs a lot through Instagram. So all you got to do is DM me, share the mission. I'm there. Boom. You guys hear it here. Not going to be great. Thank you.